I've given my memoirs far more thought than any of my marriages. You can't divorce a book. Gloria Swanson Chapter 4 Later that afternoon, at About Face, with Patsy Morris, my impending divorce was still the hot topic. Patsy and I were pink and exfoliated and sitting at the juice bar, tanking up on an apple-celery concoction, when Patsy turned to me and said, How old do you think I am? At that point, I had lived in Hollywood long enough to know that was a loaded question. Oh, I never know. My age? I responded. Patsy laughed delightedly. I have a daughter about your age. Well, a little younger. No. And do you know how I found out Roland was cheating on me? Patsy asked without malice. I was stunned. Roland? What? Their pairing was legendary. Patsy set her tall ice beverage aside and continued. It was last summer. My daughter was home from college and she offered one of our little rentals, an apartment on funky old Cherimoya in Beechwood Canyon, close to Paramount, that Roland and I used late at night when we didn't want to cross town to one of her friends from school for a week. I have to admit Roland used it a lot more often than me because he's on set. As a matter of fact, I hadn't stayed there in, I don't know, over a year. Anyway, she figured it was okay because we weren't working. Patsy twisted her hair up behind her head in a chignon and clipped it in place. Well, she comes to me in tears and says her father blew his stack. I couldn't imagine why. I'm, I mean, she really is just the apple of her daddy's eye. So I get on the phone. Roland, why are you screaming at our baby? He hems and haws and nothing makes sense. Obfuscation. Illusion. Stonewall. So I call my daughter's friend and I say, Sweetie, what happened? Wonderful girl. She told me everything. The long and short of it was Roland was keeping another young lady in the apartment. An aspiring actress. Fifteen. Eighteen years younger than yours truly. His mistress. Now I know it. The mistress was one of several. Patsy smoothed her neck. It was ever so slightly crepe papery, even after emollience and steam and massage. But you're still married. Yeah, and you know why? I shook my head. Patsy swirled the ice in her empty glass and asked for another. It's profitable. Our partnership is profitable. So the relation... Well, the relationship angle is gone, but the partnership is profitable. Patsy inhaled delicately through re-sculpted nostrils. I wondered what her nose had looked like before cosmetic surgery. Patsy continued, At a certain point, it isn't about the love anymore. It's about your level of commitment. Oh, well, that, I, I, I stumbled. Maybe it's a time of life thing. Far be it from me to be giving you advice, and this is coming to you direct from, well, let's call it the Patsy filter, but a woman, a woman with something to say, well, what she has to say goes down a lot easier if it comes to the powers that be through a man. That's where Roland comes in, you see? It's profitable. And we're old friends now, committed friends. Patsy let the last syllable trail off. So, 
I was struck with the thought that whenever anybody was giving me thinly-veiled relationship advice, their gems of wisdom most immediately reflected their own experience, like commitment, lording it over love. My friend, my attorney says I need to sit for my GREs and go back to school. Patsy shrugged. There's a saying. You know the saying? The proof is in the pudding? I nodded. Well, right now, Dave is the sole source of the pudding. No, anyone can make pudding, I blurted. Patsy smiled slowly at a dawning revelation. Hmm. Well, that very well may be. As far as Dave's concerned, there is no pudding, I asserted. All right, honey, play it your way. There is no pudding. Patsy cocked her head and took in the rattled expression on my still young face and said, You, you let me know if I can help out in any way, okay? Driving home, I, for the first time in years, thought, really thought, which involved the stirrings of some painful self-examination of Gabrielle Taylor, my former employer and Dave's first wife. Gabrielle was probably the same age as Patsy. I knew that not long after Dave's exit from her life, the ex-Mrs. Taylor had left her studio position and moved to Santa Barbara. Currently, Isabel was still in boarding school, and Andrew was studying oceanography at UC San Diego. Gabrielle had opened up a catering firm from her three-bedroom, two-bath ranch house. Later, the firm progressed to Santa Barbara's Main Street. However, her glamorous lifestyle and high-paying desk job evaporated with her marriage. Was Dave really, as Patsy asserted, the sole source of the pudding? I, Billy, had stolen the goddamn pudding. For the first time, I felt remorse over my actions ten years ago, and a strong desire to look Gabrielle up and talk. No, confess. No, what I was seeking was absolution. Oh, wait. There was something else bugging me. Maybe, maybe I required some kind of map through the obstacles of marriage and divorce. Fat chance, asking the first Mrs. Taylor. On entering our southwestern-themed home, a modern adobe not far from the park where my friends and I used to congregate, I called my mom. Mother Lydia was the antithesis of everyone I knew in Hollywood. If I couldn't get absolution, I knew calling her would result in a strong dose of disapproval, an advised course correction, and a grudging glimmer of hope. First of all, as a school superintendent, she didn't approve of me dropping out of college. She didn't approve of my lifestyle, and she certainly didn't approve of my soon-to-be ex-husband, who she called a dissolute charmer. She often mentioned that he had bad blood, and that if it weren't for his good looks, he probably would have ended up a good fella. Our age difference she found personally offensive. Her rule was this, if it were biologically viable to be someone's parent, you were forbidden to date or marry that possibility. The ragged edge of acceptable was 13. 13 years, a 13 year gap. The only result of my journey to Hollywood that mom approved of was Jake, my five-year-old son. It was three o'clock in Los Angeles. At six o'clock in Massachusetts, my parents would be home sharing a martini, while Dad sat in the dining nook in the kitchen, placidly watching my mother cook. 
My father, another attorney, specialed in maritime law. Unlike Polly, he wasn't a litigator, which was a good thing because he was barely verbal. The words he did supply were sparing, almost dusty, sounding as if they were plucked from the Oxford English Dictionary. Words designed to suck the emotion out of any statement. However, his knowledge was encyclopedic. He just didn't like to share that knowledge or argue over it. I mulled over the popular notion that women married their fathers. I certainly hadn't. My father was quiet, circumspect, and reclusive, restricted his intake of alcohol, and was a complete cipher, at least to me. Maybe I'd married my mother. Hello, Lydia answered the phone cheerfully. Hi, Mom, I chirped. Well, 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 if it isn't the fruit of my loins. Hey, Billy, guess what I read in the paper today? I groaned. Let me see. Oh, yeah. I remember now. What favored daughter? Well, wait, what had to go? What favored daughter of Gloucester files for divorce? Silence. Then, can't say that I'm surprised, Billy. Can't say that I'm surprised. Is this a follow-up, or did you intend to tell me directly? Mom, I have no idea how that ended up in the paper. Well, probably because it's public record. Taylor versus Taylor, or something like that. Round two, round three. How many times has that man you're married to been hitched anyway? Only twice. Holy Mary, mother of God, only twice. What a relief. Ed, I knew the drill. I could envision my father as he blinked to attention. Ed, did you hear that? Dave Tonino's only been married twice. I heard my father's measured bass. Who is Dave Tonino? And then my mother's distinct impatience. Oh, for heaven's sake. Tonino, Taylor, Dave Taylor, your daughter's husband. Oh, said my father. Oh, my mother rejoined. Yes, his hair isn't gray. My hair is gray, said my father. Empirical, matter of fact. Oh, for right, Ed. You're nearly the same age as your son-in-law, but unlike your son-in-law, you don't dye your hair. I cringed. It suddenly occurred to me why Bogart's hair was jet black and his face was wrinkled. He dyed his hair. Dave dyed his hair, just like his idol had. What planet had I inhabited for the past decade anyway? Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the story, Please tell a friend.